Hi, I'm Heather Mulder. And I'm Janice Greeno, and you're listening to Dementia Untangled, where we explore the topic of dementia through conversations with physicians, experts, and community leaders. Our discussions focus on innovative ideas, practical strategies, and proven methods to guide caregivers along a supportive path. Hello and welcome to Dementia Untangled. We are so glad you have joined us for this episode of our podcast. Today, our conversation will be in celebration of our first season of Dementia Untangled, and we'll be revisiting highlights from season one of our podcast. And today, we've invited our editor and producer to join our conversation. Welcome, Amber. Hey, ladies. I'm so excited to be a part of the conversation. We're just so excited to have you here today. And um, looking back, this podcast was actually born out of a survey asking caregivers what they needed during a season of lockdown in the pandemic. And it was really interesting. I remember when we sent that survey out, it came back with some resounding themes that really helped form the direction that we took when outreaching to caregivers and providing them with education, um, really what they were saying they needed was connection, tips, and getting that information on a regular, a routine basis. So it was reflecting on this, it was fun to look back because actually last year we started with what we called happy half hour And we learned some really valuable lessons from that exercise that then we turned into Dementia Untangled. You know, we really chose this podcast format because it made the most sense to reach our audience and possibly even a larger audience, you know, folks that we hadn't been able to connect with before because most of our classes and events were at a specific day at a specific time. And that was the only way you could get the information. So we thought, you know, we're missing so many people and we've got such amazing conversations coming out of these events that we need to be able to share it on a broader scale. And so the podcast just really made sense because it met those needs by connecting the caregivers to more of a global community. And we were able to share tools and resources for folks that just navigate daily life, you know, and it can be fit into your routine wherever and whenever it might work best out for you. It's so true, Amber. And one of the things that I have loved hearing from our listeners, and by the way, thank you for those who have been communicating with us. We love connecting with uh, with you. But there's a couple things we've heard over and over, and it's number one, thank you so much. And this really fits into my day whenever and wherever it might be that I need it to fit into my day. One um, lady emailed us and said, thank you so much. It was the first podcast I ever listened to. And I listened while I was cleaning the kitchen. And I love that so much. And we've heard over and over and over again about how this podcast is meeting a need of our caregivers and it's meeting it in a way that fits into their life. So one of the questions that we just enjoy most, or one of our favorite parts actually of the conversation, is when Heather asks our guests to tell us about their personal journey, what led them to connect with the dementia community. So often there are inspirational stories of how they've dedicated their lives to making a difference because of the impact dementia has had on their own lives. 
So ladies, it's time to turn the tables. Before we start revisiting the highlights of season one, I wanna learn some more about your journey. So let's start with you, Amber. Tell us what led you to connect with the dementia community. My connection with the dementia community actually started with my family. Uh, my grandfather had been having some health issues that were clearly affecting him cognitively, but I had never worked in healthcare or known much about dementia, so I wasn't really able to connect the dots. And then I started doing some research when I was actually interviewing for my position at Banner Alzheimer's Institute. And so I ended up obviously getting the job and I started in February of 2019 and he passed away in March of 2019. And as I learned more and more about dementia, you know, the types, the signs, the, the caregiver stress, it just all clicked. Right away, I felt like I had come into this position, this career, this environment and had a purpose. You know, so many times I've heard, if I had only known about this before, and I can absolutely relate. If I had known about dementia, the signs, the challenges, the resources, you know, the needs of my grandmother as a caregiver, I could have done more. And I could have been more effective, helpful, even resourceful, but I didn't, and I do now. And now my personal challenge to myself is, what will I do with this information? It's, you know, it's the question I pose to people who say that common phrase, if I had only known about this before. And so I say, now that you know, what will you do with it? Wow, Amber, what a powerful story. And I think we often hear of professionals in, in the dementia field having this personal connection with the disease and it becoming kind of that, that fire, that passion project for them. And I, I can't even think of the number of times that I've encountered people that said, if only I knew this when. So I, I really commend you on taking that and taking action on it and helping to reach other caregivers in the hopes that they don't have to say, if I had only known about this. I just, um, Amber, I just have to say, thank you for sharing that very personal story. And I'm so sorry about your grandfather and your grandmother and what she went through and what you all went through, but I am just um, inspired about what you are doing with it today. Thanks you guys. It's, it's been, you know, challenging and exciting. And often when you talk about, you know, dementia or, or Alzheimer's, it isn't a super cheerful or happy conversation, but I've been able to make some very, very good connections with folks who were going through, you know, this journey and we were able to connect in a way that I probably would not have been able to if I didn't have this personal experience. So it's been rewarding as much as it's been challenging. Hmm. Thanks, Amber. Now, Janice, you're up next. Tell us, how did you get connected with the dementia community? Well, my first memory of getting connected with and serving the dementia community was when I was in junior high. I was in this church youth group and we did a service project. We raked leaves for a man who had Alzheimer's disease. Now today, my own grandma has recently been diagnosed with dementia and she lives with my parents. Over the years in my career as a director of volunteer services, in addition to managing the chaplains in the spiritual care department at two hospitals, I got to know so many people 
whose lives were significantly impacted by dementia. And I had the privilege of partnering with a multidisciplinary healthcare team with the goal of creating an inpatient unit that was more dementia friendly. And through that journey, I became more compassionate for what people were going through and that we could provide a service to make their uh, journey better. And I'm so grateful that today I get to work with this team to promote outstanding clinical care and revolutionary research and to promote ways of cultivating positivity into caregiving. And I'm just so thankful for this journey and that I'm at Banner Sun Health Research Institute and Banner Alzheimer's Institute. And I'm just thankful to be here today. Thanks, Janice. And I, we're so grateful to have your positive energy and outlook as a part of all of our programs and family and community services. You know what, Heather, it's my pleasure. I am so glad to be here and um, so excited to do some innovative things with you. And one of the things that I have loved working with you is some of the life enrichment programs that you've led. So I want to introduce you. For those of you who don't know, Heather Malter is an Associate Director of Outreach Research in the Family and Community Services Department, and she's the leader of our events and outreach teams at Banner Alzheimer's Institute and Banner Sun Health Research Institute. So it's your turn, Heather. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your journey and what, you, what drew you to connect with the dementia community. Well, you know, my journey started, you know, decades ago when I was first out of college. I have kind of a different story. I think so many people, you have this personal connection to this disease and then it becomes a, a professional passion that you're working towards. And I feel like I kind of happened upon this the opposite way, where shortly after I graduated college, my first job was working in a long-term care community, um, doing activities. And while that role wasn't necessarily working in a memory care, I think we all know um, there are many, many residents who live in long-term care communities or nursing homes that have dementia. And in doing activities, I had to kind of learn on the fly. Unfortunately, at that time, there wasn't a lot of training provided. And I, I remember my first day on the job one of the residents who I did not know at the time, but now know had dementia, um, told me that she was going home. And I had no idea what to do with this. I remember walking around the front circle of this community with her for hours, trying to figure out how to get her back inside. But she was just adamant that her family was coming to pick her up and she was going home. Now, of course, after walking for a few hours in a circle, we both got a little hungry and so we were able to head back inside. But it just, if I had had the proper knowledge at that time and the understanding of what was happening with her, it would have saved us hours of circling in the, in the parking lot. That's really where it became my passion. And since then, I have always worked with older adults, always worked with people with dementia, it's my great pleasure to be part of Banner Alzheimer's Institute now for the past um, seven years. And I love to take sort of innovative ideas and find ways to make them work for caregivers and for people who are living with this disease. 
you have come a long way, Heather, from walking around the parking lot to incredible <laughs> life enrichment activities. Your life enrichment activities and programs are, as you said, they are innovative, creative, and they really meet a need. Oh, thank you so much, Janice. It's, it's my pleasure to, to work in this field. I think, Heather, your, your talent really shines because you're able to take feedback from people, direct feedback, or even just observe the needs and wants of this community and these people that are on this journey, and then turn that into these amazing programs that just bring connection and joy and that consistency that people are looking for and, and really keeping it positive on this journey that they go on. So it, congratulations on that. Wow, thank you to both of you for that compliment. It's absolutely my pleasure um, and my passion as well. So I wanna hear from both of you. We have released our first season of Dementia Untangled and we had some incredible conversations. I find I'm always learning um, from the people that we're bringing on, the guests that we're speaking to. So I wanna hear from each of you, what was the moment that really hooked you, that really stood out with, to you from our first season? Oh my goodness, Heather, you make, that is hard. Uh, it is so hard to pick. We, we have just had the privilege of interviewing such outstanding guests. When it comes to caregiving, I would have to say that one topic I hear about so much when I'm talking with caregivers in the community is the, the word repetition. And in episode four, Hella Brand, she did an outstanding job in her conversation with us about when repetition becomes problematic. She was discussing with us how repetition can be a clue that we need to put on our detective hats. I love that. And we need to find out what those hidden concerns are to really take time to listen to the person and how this allows us to come from a place of patience and not impatience. And she talked about being proactive by learning about how this disease impacts the brain. And that's what we're doing with um, Dementia Untangled. And I really liked her approach of looking for ways to distract and redirect the person to something more positive. And then when it comes to listening to truly finding out what's bothering the person and that that can allow us to move from a place of frustration to a place of curiosity. So if we can focus on being curious and listening, and she had great tips, like just having the person carry around a card with reminders on them in their pocket. So you don't have to answer the questions all the time. You can just ask them to check their card. I loved that. I remember that episode and I agree. I mean, repetition is something that's really challenging to deal with. But I think with dementia, one of the, the fascinating and also really challenging aspects of these diseases is that it's not just surface value. You know, so often, whether it's repetition or some other type of behavior, you can't just look at it and take it for what it is. You have to pause and think, where is this coming from? what could this really be saying to me? And I really, I agree. I appreciate those reminders from Hella 
And especially like you said, that mindset change of going from this is so frustrated. Why is this happening to me to that flip of how you're thinking about it to a point of curiosity and inquisition. It's just um, a much better space to approach from. Absolutely. I think Hella really brought up a good point too when she was, when we were talking about being a detective and kind of peeling back the layers is trying to recognize those nonverbal cues. People often their behavior comes with some kind of action and being able to identify what that action means helps you really kind of dig deeper. Also looking at environmental cues, you know, is, is the TV on? Is it, is it too loud? You know, are you outside? Are you inside? And just take into account all of the things going on to really help you get to the root of the issue. It was, it was really eye-opening. I think too, with repetition, it becomes so complicated. And, and we discussed this with Hella too, is repetition can happen as a symptom of the disease, because of the short-term memory problem, but then it also, as a lot of our discussion focused on, is kind of a behavior, um, part of that new language that the person with dementia is starting to use. So Amber, I'm curious to hear from you. Um, what was the moment that really stood out from you from season one? Like Jana said, there were so many good conversations and being the editor, I got to listen to them multiple times, but I, I have to say that episode three, uh, not all anxieties are created equal with Michelle Fadul. That episode gave me my aha moment. So she outlined how avoiding common practices or behaviors and replacing them with compensatory strategies and grounding techniques can help you and your loved one to stay more in the moment. And as a mom of a toddler, I am always looking for ways to, we'll say, quote, keep it together. And, you know, all of the anxieties and concerns of being a parent can create, or, you know, a caregiver can create very heightened responses in stressful situations. And I took her advice of using grounding techniques to keep myself calm, focused, and present. And it's been a lifesaver. I mean, I even have my toddler engage with me so that we can stay calm together. The most helpful techniques that she gave, I thought were reorientation. So we name facts about the moment, like my name is, you know, the color of this is, uh, there are so many of this in the room. It really kind of brings it back. And then also just deep breathing. I mean, we take a few slow, deep breaths, if, you know, as many as we need. And then eventually, as we're taking these deep breaths, we start to calm down. And then I'll start blowing out my breath as loud as I can. And then she'll blow out her breath as loud as she can. And then it just becomes something silly and fun and, and just centers us. I remember that discussion with Michelle, and I, I also found it very powerful. I remember her discussing, you know, where that anxiety sorts of come, sort of comes from, where we're getting to a point or our person is getting to a point of we're in that fight or flight mentality, where our brain is on stress mode. And I think those techniques are so powerful because it's causing us to like harness them and pull them back in and take back control of the situation where we pause and, and we move ourselves from anxiety and stress and fight or flight to that more calm, um, calm way of being. 
And I love how she provided simple techniques to do that. I mean, she, one of the things she said was just look around and you can, I see a rock, I see a tree, I see a bird. And while you're doing that, you're deep breathing. And all of a sudden you've mo moved from that fight or flight um, kind of feeling inside that angst to, wow, my blood pressure's coming down. I feel a little bit better. I can refocus on, on being calm and being present and in the moment. You know, those practices are so basic and so simple. You kind of go, well, why didn't I think of that? But, right. it, <laughs> but it's hard to think of that when you're in this, you know, heightened anxiety and there's not a friend or family member that I've talked to recently that hasn't felt this way at some time, mm -hmm. especially with all of the concerns going on in the world. And just to be able to keep it simple, get it together and refocus and recenter has been extremely helpful. And, you know, Amber, I love how you bring up that these lessons can translate or be applicable to so many other situations in our life. And I found throughout my career, just feeling such gratitude for working with people with dementia and the lessons that I learned from that and the techniques that I learned from that. Um, I find I'm constantly bringing these lessons into my home as well. One of my favorite standout moments from season one was actually in episode six, when we were talking about intimacy, finding it and keeping it. And this was a discussion with Michelle Gregatis Reyes. And it was kind of along the same lines, these reminders of just simple acts of intimacy, um, maintaining that connection with another person and how meaningful they are. It really reminded me that we can get so focused on task, whether we're caring for our person with dementia or we're caring for a toddler or another family member, whoever it is that we're connecting with. If we focus on the task, if we're focused on feeding that person, if we're focused on bathing that person, then we lose what that moment could have been, which was something intimate and precious that the two of you could have shared together. And it almost seems like intimacy and mindfulness are, are really intertwined and related to one another where they're both this act of presence, where when we discuss mindfulness, it's really just being present in the moment and kind of taking stock with, of what's around us and um, just being in the moment, almost kind of as an act in and of ourselves, where intimacy almost feels like a presence with another person where I'm not focused on keeping myself in this moment, I'm focused on being in this moment with another person and how can I connect to them and make this an experience, not a task. And I loved how she just um, gave us some actual ways to do that by using our five senses. Uh, she talked about maybe it's you're sharing a piece of chocolate with someone, or I think she said, uh, pudding, feeding your person who has dementia pudding and how that could just be something that's intimate because taste is something that's intimate, uh, that you can touch their hand while you do it, uh, that they can hear your voice while you're sharing it, that you can look at the yummy chocolate. 
uh, I loved how she gave us those tips on how to focus on intimacy in moments that are just day-to-day moments. Mm-hmm. You know what else I loved that she shared? The story about the gentleman who went to this, um, he went to the department store because his wife could no longer put on her makeup. He learned how to put makeup on and he went back home and he put her makeup on for her. Now that is intimate. Absolutely. It's, it was a really touching story. And I mean, it reminds you that these simple things of, you know, brushing someone's hair, taking the time to say, how does that feel? And, and, Mm -hmm. and be in that moment and share that with them. It's such a simple act, but it takes it so far beyond the task that you're doing and turns it into something really special between the two of you. I think she also really highlighted a challenge that a lot of us have been facing in the midst of, of this pandemic is that a lot of intimate moments are created by touch. And if you are greeting someone, you're possibly shaking their hand, you're giving them a hug, you're touching them in some kind of way, or, you know, even if you're having a conversation with someone, you may gently touch their arm to let them know you're there and support. Mm -hmm. And if you're unable to make these connections, you know, how are you able to cultivate this intimacy? And so it, it really, it got my wheels spinning thinking, how am I doing that with people that aren't in my home? You know, how am I still making that connection and, and showing that I care? So it's, it's been a, a fun kind of challenging thing to think about. And I love that Heather takes me back to your life enrichment programs and the one that you have with the choir on Fridays, you've been able to make a community of people and allow them to connect with one another. Even though we we can't hug or touch, we can be there in person and we can connect. We can um, look and see that other people are smiling at us we can hear their voices singing. So those are using your five senses too, even though you can't use the sense of of touch in some of the situations that we find ourselves in today. That's a great example, Janice. And and you're absolutely right. That group is so precious and amazing. The connections that have been formed, even though we have never been together in person. Um, And it reminds me how most Fridays we do exercises and um, to engage our smiling muscles, mm-hmm. you know, we're wearing masks all the time now and, you know, have, have the weight of what's happened over the past year kind of on our shoulders. And so just even that simple reminder of put this on your face, <laughs> it helps you and it also helps the person who you're interacting with. Absolutely. And there is research to back that up, Heather. Um, Just a smile. So today, if you haven't done anything this morning, but smile, you've done something healthy for your day and it, it might make your day and your morning much better just because you smiled. Reflecting on these episodes has been so incredible. I don't want our episode today to come to an end. It has been so fantastic to be on this journey with all of you, with you, uh, Heather, with you, Amber. And I'm just so thankful for all of our guests who have spent time with us. 
And I do invite you, our fabulous listeners, you guys are fantastic. We appreciate you so much. We hope that you'll revisit the episodes as well. And revisiting the podcast episodes make me excited about what we have to look forward to in season two. Oh, Janice, we have some good things coming up. More topics, more guests, more conversations. You know, we'll be focusing on naming the problem. There's so much relief that comes with just being able to identify it as something rather than something um, ambiguous out there. We'll be having discussions around common um, challenges that you may face as a caregiver of a person with dementia and, and strategies for how to live well with these diseases. And of course, we'll be focusing on the research out there to help back up the strategies and also give us hope for what's coming in the future. It's so exciting. And we do hope again that you will share your feedback with us. Um, We appreciate so much those of you who have shared with us and we thank you for listening, for subscribing and for sharing this podcast with others. Uh, Dementia is impacting people living around the world And we love that we even have international listeners. Here in the United States of America, the Alzheimer's Association recently reported that over 6 million people here are living with this disease. 6 million people that have been diagnosed. Who knows how many others that we don't even know of. And the impact that makes on caregivers is overwhelming. financial challenges, mental challenges, physical challenges. It's it's a difficult, difficult journey. So if you can share this podcast with a caregiver and give them some tips and tools to help them navigate this journey, uh, we would appreciate it so very, very much. But this is just one way for us to support you, to serve you, and to give them information that they need that give our caregivers um, encouragement on this journey. We've gotten so many kind words and support of this podcast, and it really just inspires us to continue to find new guests, new conversations, new ways to, you know, not only connect the entire community, but to help give you resourceful tools and, and the kind of support that, you may not be able to find or have been looking for. And it's it's so enjoyable to be able to be a part of that. And so if you're wondering how you can actually give us your feedback, if you haven't yet, <laughs> our email address is dementiauntangled at bannerhealth.com. And so things that we're you know looking for is what challenges are you facing? What would you like help untangling? Um, you know, really, who, who do you want to hear from? And, and that can really help us create some powerful and exciting episodes in the future. And just like the impetus for Dementia Untangled was the survey responses, we take your feedback um, so seriously and really help to, it helps to shape our programming. So if you have questions, concerns, please do email us. Thank you to our outstanding guests from season one, 
to my co-host Janice Greeno and our incredible producer editor Amber Ayers. And most of all, thanks again to our listeners. We'll connect with you in season two. Thanks everyone. We can't wait to connect with you then. Season two of Dementia Untangled is coming soon, so make sure to subscribe on your favorite platform. That way you won't miss any of our new episodes. Thanks again. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Dementia Untangled. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dementia Untangled is hosted by Heather Mulder and Janice Greeno. Produced and edited by Amber Ayers and is brought to you by Banner Alzheimer's Institute and Banner Sun Health Research Institute. We are supported by generous donations to the Banner Alzheimer's Foundation. Please visit our website at banneralz.org and follow us on Facebook to learn more about upcoming events. If you have questions or comments, please email us at dementiauntangled at bannerhealth.com.